The Broken Meeple, Season 3, Episode 1, recorded on 1st of February 2019. The Broken Meeple Podcast, a show devoted to board games, card games, and the people who play them. Sit back and enjoy, and remember, it's only a game. Hello everyone and welcome to season 3 of The Broken Meeple. Yes, finally the podcast is underway. You've been seeing some videos go up on the YouTube channel to get this channel underway and now the podcast as well. Hopefully you're going to see some improvements in audio quality. I haven't changed the microphone or anything, just the way it's set up and the software I use to remove noise reduction. Thanks to the Adobe Creative Suite now gives me Adobe Audition to work with, which is a little bit more easier to work with in terms of removing noise than say audacity so you know hopefully that's going to make some improvements in the audio quality and you'll be able to hear me as well as my dodgy uk accent and somerset accent at that so what's going on with the podcast in general well kind of um, in flux really at the moment you know i want to come up with some segments that i want to put on the show and do in the future and certainly maybe even resurrect one or two that got lost to time shall we say now i don't want to be just rinse repeat from what i've done in the past i mean that's that's not particularly innovative, really, is it? So, you know, I, so I need other ideas, you know, I'll be willing to take suggestions from you guys, you know, what would you like to hear about? If it's a feasible segment, then I'll think about putting it on the show. But uh, I remember doing discussion topics in the past, I remember doing top tens before they became more of a YouTube thing. I even did a segment called One More Game, where I discussed a game that has been in my collection for some time, but whether it stood the test of time now. As much as that segment was good, I'm more thinking about moving that because Board Game Breakfast on uh, the Dice Tower, as some of you might know, has changed its format recently. It now has two episodes a week and Throat Punch Lunch that I was already contributing to is no longer a thing. So what they're now doing is on Board Game Breakfast, they enable us to submit segments for that. Of course, the segment is barely two to three minutes long. And I was struggling for ideas as to what to talk about. Well, I figured maybe I could transfer the One More Game segment from the podcast to the Board Game Breakfast thing. Because, you know, you can talk about a game for about two to three minutes without going too waffly. I think. I don't know. This is me we're talking about. So, you know, I need to fill it up with other topics. But... More on that in the future, you know, I'm going to be coming up with some ideas and coming up with, you know, details on like, oh, could that work? Could that work? Would people want to listen to that? And, you know, like I say, I'll certainly take some suggestions from you. So what's this podcast all about today? Well, I'm kicking off with a special trip I did recently. January has been, thankfully, dry for releases of board games, which means I haven't been too flooded with work on that. Unfortunately, that has been replaced with trying to get Season 3 underway because, believe me, trying to trace through a ton of material on Motion Array, uh, all the software from Adobe Creative Cloud that I had to start learning. I haven't even done all the courses on them yet, but I've at least got proficient in all of them. Uh, trying to find new ways to do thumbnails for videos, trying to find new intros, trying to work the intro templates. Believe me, it's been a lot of work. So thankfully I haven't had to play too many games in terms of you know new content, even though occasionally some detail reviews are coming out for that. 
What it has been, though, is convention season. HandyCon was the first one I went to mid-January, which is a local UK-based convention, which is pretty much just a gathering of friends, really. You get one retailer, maybe a few playtesters and demoers, but other than that, it's mainly just a gathering for people to come and play games. That was good fun and all. However, that's not the focus topic of this episode. The one I want to talk about is PortalCon. PortalCon was a really local, you know, very local, at least to them, convention over in Poland. Well, I did say local to them, didn't I? And this was hosted by Ignacy Trevacek and, of course, Portal Games. It's his publishing firm, and they made a big deal this year. This, normally I don't tend to go to this convention. It's not like, you know, it's, it's a local one for them. It's mainly about Portal, here we are and what we do. But Ignacy very kindly invited me over to the convention after I spoke to him at Essen last year. I told him that I was soon to be in between jobs and uh, that I was going to be on break for the late part of January between sort of like late January and early Feb when I've left my old job, thank God, and <laughs> and got into a new job from as of, let's see, I'm recording this on the 1st of February, so next Monday. So literally three days I start a new job. Woohoo! Uh, I hope. But Ignacy said, well, you know, you should come to PortalCon during that time because it fell last weekend. So I believe it was like the 25th to the 28th of January I went over to Poland. And I figured, you know what? It's a cheap trip. Got the spare cash. I figured, why not? What else am I going to do in January when it's winter and cold and dreadfully frightful in the UK? So I went over there by myself with little to no preparation apart from just obviously how to cater for cold weather. And it was cold. Yeah, it was cold. When you're indoors, it's fine, and people have heaters in their cars and stuff, but when you're outside, minus six degrees is somewhat noticeable when you don't tend to get anywhere close to that in the UK, at least not down the south of the UK anyway. It was like, whoo, and it was refreshing to at least see a white Christmas every now and again because the snow was there in plentiful quantities. And yet, I still was able to fly back from Poland in foggy blizzards, and yet the UK is complaining about closing airports because of a slight, well, a slight bit of snowflake. I mean, come on, I'm ashamed of this country sometimes. But that aside, the convention itself, it's a local thing for them. So it's not so much a gathering of friends and it's not really a big expo either. It's, it's more a small convention that Port will do to say, we are here, come and play some of our games and maybe a few other games as well, but also here's our team, this is who we are, this is what we're offering, and this is to the Polish market as well as the um, worldwide market as well, and it's just basically, we are Portal, this is what we do. It's one of those style of conventions, hence I've never necessarily wanted to go to it before, because, well, there's only so much I'd get out of it, you know, that I don't already see on the YouTube vlogs and the keynotes that Ignasty puts up online. But, of course, I wanted to check it out, I wanted to see the team, I just wanted to, you know, enjoy a bit of time with Poland, you know me, I like to go around and eat all the local food and stuff like that, so, it, and this was not a touristy area of Poland either, so it, it was interesting to see what, sort of, you know, some other areas of Poland are like when you venture away from the bits that are sort of glamorised touristy areas. Well, the convention itself. Generally a small affair, so the team were basically running that along with some volunteers. There was one retailer there which basically had mostly Portal stock or games that Portal were bringing over to Poland. There were some areas where you could play games, a little bit of catering, some demos going on downstairs, a tournament for Nurishima Hex on the Sunday upstairs, and a big theatre where Ignasty was able to do kind of like live updates and the keynotes and such. 
But what made this convention a bit more special was it was a 20-year anniversary of the Portal games. And when you think about it, that's quite an achievement, really, isn't it? Think about all these other publishers that you like. How long do you think they've been around for? You'd be surprised how little time they've been around, really. You know, people like Stonemaier Games, for example, you know, they get all the hype and praise for, you know, Wingspan and Scythe and all that. They've only been around six years. They're quite a young company when you think about it. Portal has been around for 20 years. That's pretty insane. <laughs> you know, consider that Ignacity, I believe, I mean, I hope, I hope he's not listening, I hope he doesn't take offense. I believe you're in your 40s, I forget what your age is, sorry, but... You know, that means he pretty much started the company when he was in his 20s or early 20s. And it's like, that's pretty impressive. You know, you started a board game publishing firm that young and still kept it going all this time. So the fact that it was a big birthday meant that they were celebrating a lot more. They had big like, giant cakes and food and champagne during the, uh, the sort of lecture celebration. And believe me, I don't know who he's got on the catering over there, but they know how to bake. <laughs> they know how to bake a good cake. <laughs> One, it was basically like this giant thing with what looked like an Imperial Settlers uh, playmat on top of it, you know, in terms of that layout. So you've got the, the green field and all the like text and, and various little meeples and stuff. And I just thought, that is impressive for a cake. <laughs> you know, I cannot bake to save my life. I can cook, but baking's a hard one for me. And whew, this was something. And the little appetizers on the side, I mean, they, they go all out. They went all out. You know, these little doors were like tiny little, you know, I'm trying to remember what they, I think it was bread or crackers, I can't remember, but little like toasty bread with, you know, canapes and peas and meat and salmon and stuff. It's like, oh, really nice. And even these really weird elaborate sculptures that they did out of fruit, which, you know, there was one in particular that caught my eye, which was two dolphins. And it was basically made out of two bananas. Yeah, think about that. How do you create a dolphin out of a banana? They found a way, <laughs> and it looked good and tasted great as well. You know, the food was really nice there. But then so they made this big deal, and of course, you know, they certainly wanted to celebrate and go all out. I mean, I can't imagine the stress that was going very nasty and the rest of them trying to get this stuff arranged. So what did I get up to while I was there? Well, I didn't play as many games as I thought I was going to play, mainly because there's only so much in their little library there. But what I did do was hang out a lot with several members of the Portal team, as well as a couple of other people from Belgium who had come along for the, you know, they were along to the convention, they'd helped out at, uh, you know, Ignacity's booth before, and I was able to hang around with them. And, you know, thankfully, because otherwise I'd have been by myself, not really knowing what's what. But... Rather than playing games and enjoying it for that, I enjoyed the convention more for the social atmosphere because I got to know a few of the, the you know the young ladies that work at the Portal team. Um, I, I wish I could remember all their names. Unfortunately, I'm bad enough with UK names. It's even harder trying to remember Polish names. But you know, several of the ladies there who were just so nice to me and the others and just showed us around you know they helped us with taxis organizing taxis helped for translation whenever polish was a you know a major thing but even like you know a lot of the guys there were all just super friendly and that's the one thing i got from portal from this convention i already knew that they were quite a closely knit team from the way that they've operated booths and that in the past i never realized just how much of a family this you know this group is. I'm not saying literal family, but it feels like it. 
you know, these people, when they see each other, particularly if it's been maybe a few days or a week or so, they see each other like you've just met your long-lost loved one or a family member that you haven't seen for ages. You know, they are so happy to see each other, hugging all the time, shaking hands and all sorts, getting on well, they work together fine, they're laughing, they're joking. Apart from any little bit of stress just from trying to organize someone, you don't see any of them upset, you don't see any of them unhappy. They're just there and so passionate about what they do and passionate about their team. This is easily the most closely knit family team I've ever seen and kudos for Portal for maintaining that actually i mean it almost makes me want to work from portal it's like just like wow i've never worked at any job where i felt you could be that close to your colleagues you know so no wonder you know people enjoy you know working for them while they're over in poland or even in other branches besides i mentioned poland was a fairly cheap holiday i'm not joking i mean i i literally took about 50 to 60 quid worth of money and converted it into sloty. Sloty, I think that's how you pronounce it, which is the Polish currency. It lasted me the whole weekend. I mean, granted, I had some help with some taxi fares, you know, thank you to the portal team for being very generous with that. But overall, it's very cheap to buy stuff over there. I mean, you're talking pints of beer, which cost anything from the equivalent of something like a quid to probably about five or six quid, but you're talking a luxurious craft beer with a percentage over in the double digits, you know, for that kind of money. You're usually paying four pounds something for a pint of cider here in the UK for something as basic as Magners or Bulmers. And yet I can pay half that and get something that actually tasted good. I actually wanted to drink the beer over there and I'm not usually a beer drinker. I even found a beer that I enjoyed. I can't remember what it was called. It was a, it was an apple beer. It, it tasted more like a cider than it did a beer, and I really liked it. So that's high praise. But you know, food in general. I got to what did I eat? Uh, Globaki on the way back from the airport. I had to pierogies, the little pancake things there, dumplings or whatever they're called. And I just wanted to eat as much of their food as possible. And like I say, their food's pretty nice over there. You know, it's got a bit of flavor, it's cheap to buy, and it's kind of available everywhere. So I certainly had, my my stomach was certainly happy in terms of uh, keeping myself fed and naturally hydrated with alcohol at various times. So what games did I end up playing? Well, not as many as I would have thought. I mean, a few couple of fillers like, you know, Kanagua and, uh, you know, even a small game of Imperial Settlers, you know, they did appear on the table just to sort of keep things going. But mainly, we hung around a press room that they had. And bear in mind, they usually had about 20 press people turn up in previous years. This time they had over 100. Woo, it was somewhat busy. But the press room had a bunch of games that Poland, um, sorry, that Portal was bringing over to Poland from like, other markets. And these are games that are highly rated. We're talking Teotihuacan, we're talking Root, Architects of the West Kingdom, Raycult, the new uh, Race for the Galaxy board game, uh, Zombicide, Black Pig, uh, some game called Narcos, I'm not sure what that is, I've never really played it. Uh, you know, and of course they've got their normal stuff like 51st State and Imperial Settlers and all that. These are some pretty good titles that you're bringing over to the Polish market. So, you know, that's going to be, that's going to sell quite well. But it did mean that I was able to play a few of those games. So we did obviously play a little bit of 51st State, which is still a fun game. I prefer Imperial Settlers, but uh, you really do need to not play it with four players. It just takes way too long, way too much downtime. But, you know, still an enjoyable little engine builder. But I also got to teach 
Architects of the West Kingdom to players. I mean, you've heard me bang on about that enough on the YouTube channel lately, so no shock that I decided to teach that one. And again, it went pretty well with a very close tight finish. Rayco, another classic, a free player of that one, you know, showing people that growing stuff in greenhouses can be fun. Even though, you know, some people were sort of thinking, it's like, how on earth are you doing so well, yet I'm not doing so well? That might be because I've taught the game plenty of times and I have a slight advantage. You know, don't take it personally. And Teotihuacan also managed to get a refresher on the rules for that one because I've, I haven't played it much since I reviewed it, but it's a really good game and I just needed to sort of go, hang on, let me just check a few bits in the rules which involved me having to download it on the app first because, unfortunately, the rulebook they had there was in Polish. But, you know, thankfully, a lot of these games are language independent, so it didn't have too much of an impact. But, yeah, got to play a few games that I already knew, really. In terms of new stuff, um, I'll go into one a bit later on, but the only newish game I think I played was probably Root. Root I had not played yet. This is a game kind of in the same vein and of vast the Crystal Caverns, where each of you is playing an asymmetrical side in this like big sort of cluster battle and factions. And the idea is that it takes place in a kind of woodland theme. You've got the, the cats who have like control of everything, or the builders. You've got the Woodland Alliance with these little creatures trying to rise up, kind of like Robin Hood. You've got the Vagabond, which is basically this raccoon who goes around and does his own thing. And you've got these birds who are like another faction. I didn't play with those, uh, but um, I forget how they work. But again, you know, big birds that can also function. And each one plays very, very differently. It's had high praise. I was a little skeptical. Because one, the rules didn't look that simple to get through, and they weren't. But also because Vaster Crystal Caverns has the problem that you have to teach five separate games every time you teach it. Because it's got the problem of the fact that it's asymmetrical in a big way. With this one though, you don't have to teach as much. And it does come with some very good walkthroughs. You know, little cards that give you walkthroughs on how your thing works. But also even a two turn scripted setup where you narrate what you're doing for two turns of the game. That is really good and I recommend you use that every time you start this with a, uh, you know, a when you, if you've just bought the game, I recommend you use it. Not every time you teach someone, but certainly for your personal first time, you should give it a go. The game itself was, I thought, generally enjoyable. I'm tempted to grab a copy, maybe if I can get a review copy that'd be great, and give my own thoughts on it. However, first impressions did leave something to be desired, because unfortunately, the one of the biggest issues that this game has, and it's not necessarily an issue mechanically, it's just this is something you're going to come across every time you play something like this, the question of balance. I played this as a free player, and granted, we didn't use a recommended setup. We used the Woodland Alliance, the Cats, and the Vagabond. And those of you who out there who know how to play Root are probably, you know, wanting to kill me right now for not including the birds as a faction rather than the Alliance and the, you know, Vagabond. And certainly the book recommended it as well. But we didn't do it. We just chose people that I wanted to do. And I played Woodland Alliance. There was a lot of complaining during that game about whether things were balanced or not because... I seemed to be getting off to a pretty good start, you know, I was popping up and revolting and doing my thing. Uh, the Vagabond was kind of doing his own thing, except the problem was, was that the cat player was <laughs> not particularly happy because he felt like the cats couldn't do anything. I was basically doing revolts and wiping out in certain areas, and the Vagabond had quickly decided that the cats were going to be his hostile adversary, and so it felt like a two versus one game. Now, part of that is true. 
in free players, I don't think this game works well enough because you it's too much of a balanced swing. But certainly, I don't think the cats were underpowered. I think that you have to play them right. I think he was playing it more in a case of, all right, I need to kill you off and I need to kill you off. That's not really how the cats are meant to work. You're meant to do your thing while slowing down the other players. And he wasn't really slowing me down as much as trying to insta-kill me, which isn't quite how it should work. However, I can see that this game is really a two or four player game, preferably a four player game. If you play it with free, I think, you know, for the first time ever, I'm saying free is not the sweet spot here. It just seems like it would be too swingy, too unbalanced, and doesn't work well. So I would say I want to try this again. I want to play it with people who know what they're doing. And But yes, I think the problem of having a game where balance is brought into question if you have new players is going to make this one a difficult one to get to the table because suddenly you have to... You have to find the same four people and they have to know how to work the factions and and if you don't have that perfect setup, I feel it could go one way or the other. So I'm a little bit in two minds about this one, but may, you know, maybe we'll catch more in the future. But of course you want a little bit of new scope, don't you? Well, of course, Portal PortalCon at this sort of time, they do like to put out keynotes. So they like to say, this is what we're doing, this is what we've got planned for the future and everything, as well as have a cool video montage and stuff to do with uh, the, you know, the 20-year birthday thing. Of course, it's a bit of a problem when part of it is in English and then all of a sudden it reverts back to Polish. Granted, I'm somewhat outnumbered in the audience when I'm the only like true English speaker there who doesn't know any other languages. I know, I'm ashamed to admit, UK, not very good with languages, I'm afraid. But, you know, certainly I've probably heard so much Polish and it still doesn't register in my mind what word is what. It's a hard language to learn. But the keynotes, I was able to get some information as to what they were doing in the future. They've made this public, so this is not exactly the inside scoop. But for starters... They're going to bring Alexa to various games. So like Detective and you know, Monolith Arena, they're going to use Alexa as a way of doing kind of atmospheric radio drama style stuff for Detective, where it narrates part of it. It'll be good for, like, say, the blind, you know, who could play that game and listen to Alexa. But they also want to use it as a kind of rules teaching guide for things like Monolith Arena, where you ask Alexa for an answer to the question. This could be interesting. I've never used an Alexa project before, and I'm always a bit sceptical about voice recognition technology. It's hit and miss as to whether it works well. However, I like the idea of the atmospheric addition to a you know, detective, and bear in mind you don't need an Alexa. You can actually use an Alexa app on your Android phone. I don't know about iPhone, but you certainly can on your Android, and it will do the same thing. So it's not like you have to buy this extra gizmo. But using it as an FAQ... I think could work. I mean, explaining the rules to the game by, you know, checking up bits like that, I think could work. The problem is, how comprehensive is this FAQ going to be? Because you might answer a question that Alexa knows, but then what if you answer a question it doesn't? This is something that I think could work quite nicely, particularly for their local Polish market, but I'm a little bit concerned as to how effective the voice recognition technology will be because I still don't think we've got to a day and age where voice recognition technology is particularly perfect. However, I'll be interested to see how this develops and it certainly is a new way of innovation, so I'm keen to see how this progresses. On top of that, we've also got uh, some new like games being brought over to Poland, I'd already mentioned, like uh, Architects and Raycol and Root, etc. High quality games that are going to get a lot of buzz when they're translated to Polish, so that's certainly a big deal there. 
In terms of their Imperial Settlers universe, they're really going to town on this. They're going to make a big deal of Imperial Settlers now as their poster child. First up, you've got an anniversary big box set coming out year in a year. This won't bring new content per se. It's mostly a bit like the Star... Um, not Star Realms, the... The smash up box set that AEG put out. It's essentially a big box with maybe a little bit of extra card content, but mainly it's a box to store your stuff. It's one that I think is only going to be on the website as opposed to retail distribution because it's for the fans and it's a limited edition release. Not something I'm going to need because, to be honest, everything kind of already stores in my Imperial Settlers box fine with a broken token insert, but one for the fans, this will be, it might be something you want to keep an eye out for because it does look pretty cool. On top of that, they're also going to be introducing new spin-offs to the Imperial Settlers universe. There is a, a standalone game, um, I forget if it was called Armies of the North, um, is it Settlers of the North or Armies of the North? I forget what it was, but the idea was, was that it's still in that Imperial Settlers universe, that same art style, but it will be a standalone competitive game, again using cards, they were quite vague on the details, so I can only explain so much. But you'll have like different factions, each with two decks, you pick which deck you want to use, and you'll have a new competitive experience, but different from how Imperial Settlers work. I'm cool with this. Same art style I would like, and I think this universe has a, uh, you know, a decent bit of life ahead of it, so I want to see how that pans out. The one that was definitely an early development that I did get to try, actually, was their idea for an Imperial Settlers roll and write. This one is literally going to be a roll and write engine builder game. So a bit different from your typical fair where you normally have a bunch of squares and then you fill them all in. This one's more, you've got a bunch of stuff and then you've got to cross it out. But you start with, normally you start with everything and end up with nothing. This is the opposite way around. You start with nothing and then you end up with everything. But we did try a game of it. And this is an early development stage, guys. Okay, early. I mean, these were basic dice with hand-drawn bits on it, this was paper with hand-drawn parts on it, you know, literally just, literally sketched out of a notebook pretty much, you know, this was pre-production copies of this and it's still in development. We played it. Thoughts are hit and miss. I think there is, there is potential for a roll and write game that is different from the others, so an engine builder roll and write could have some merit. It's Imperial Settlers Universe again, so the artwork and the design should look pretty good. The problems we had, and this is stuff they're going to work on, is that when you take Roll and Write, when you think Roll and Write, the reason they work is because they're super fast and super portable and super simple. You know, it's kept so simple that you can literally use a pad and pencil and maybe a couple of dice to do everything and track everything. Here, you had the problem where tracking resources spent and needed was pretty tricky. And on top of that, I feel that you, you run the risk of pushing a roll and write experience, like an engine builder, will push it beyond what a roll and write should be. You'll start thinking, well, why isn't this a small board game or a small card game? Because there might be too much for a roll and write format to handle. Again, this is early development you know they're gonna they could revamp this completely by the time it even gets to next month this was just what they had at the time i sat down had a try of it enjoyed it enough but failed that it just it still needs some development work it's still early stages but like i say it's going to come out i just hope i wish they would call it something different than imperial settlers roll and write because that's not a good title but you know, i can see it getting shtick for that 
But like I say, Roll and Write is the hotness right now in terms of a game format. So certainly, I think people are certainly going to keep an eye on this one, if nothing else. Other than that, they just mentioned that they're going to support other games. So Detective has uh, the 80s sort of LA cases coming out. There's going to be cases, standalone ones from designers like Rob Davieu and Mike Selinka. That's, that's pretty exciting, actually, because I think standalone is easier to get to the table than campaign. But again, looking forward to more Detective content. Uh, Robinson Crusoe Mystery Tales will be coming out in March. That's going to have a campaign as well as some standalone scenarios. Cannot wait. A chance for me to get Robinson Crusoe back to the table with some freshness, even though I haven't played all the scenarios yet. Uh, First Martians, unfortunately, nothing new on that one. It's kind of low priority on their radar, but they haven't abandoned it. But, yeah, I'm one of the only people that sings the praises of First Martians. Give it a chance. They fixed the, the app bugs, and it's still an enjoyable game. It needs more love. But it was a bit of a disastrous launch, gotta admit. Uh, let's see, well, what else was there? On top of that, uh, Nirishima Hex was getting a new faction, the Sand People, or Sand Something, anyway. You know, so Nirishima Hex fans will get that. And, of course, Monolith Arena is going to get new packs as well. So they're certainly on the ball. You know, they're going to bring out some cool stuff this year. And uh, You know, another, oh, yeah, Stronghold Undead Kickstarter is going to go up. Um, I've never played Stronghold, I'd like to, but again, if you want a standalone one with Undead, there you go. The bit I'm looking most forward to, though, I've saved this one to last, is Predaporter 3rd Edition. I've never played this game. This is apparently a game about running the fashion industry, like you're running the, like the catwalk and stuff like that. And it's a unique theme, it's never been done. No other game does this, as far as I'm aware. Certainly not any famous good one. And this one was one of Portal's, if not Portal's, heaviest game they ever put out. It had the second edition of it, and never got to try it, went out of print, nobody I know owns it. So, it's just gone like the way of the dodo for me. But I've always thought, oh, if somebody brings it out, I want to try it. Well, they're going to kickstart the third edition. They're going to keep the theme. Because rumour was that they were going to change it to a video game industry theme. And, okay, I was cool for that, but... I don't see, I didn't want a unique theme to be abandoned for just another unique theme. I thought, come on, fashion industry will be appealing to some. It's different, it's unique, why not stick with it? They are. It's still going to be about fashion, and the third edition is going to have like upgraded components, tweaks to the rules, tweaks to the board, graphic design, the works. This is one full revamp, reprint, not just a basic reprint. This is, we're changing a lot of it, but we're certainly going to keep this heavy, third edition name i cannot wait for this kickstarter i hope it's a good one because i mean if it if the kickstarter page has enough to wow me this will be an easy back for me because i want to try this game you know a unique theme heavy from portal this is going to be a lot of stuff i've never seen before so it will be a completely new experience please do not disappoint me so i got to start wrapping this up, you know, because I've got things to do. But yeah, overall, I had a good time at PortalCon. You know, it's, it's not something that I would say you need to sort of visit every year. And certainly if you come from overseas, there's only so much you can do there. I mean, you've got some places to go out in the evening for drinks and that. But the con itself is fairly small and it's mostly about Portal, Portal, Portal. So certainly if you're local in Poland, I can see why everybody rushes to there. And blimey, I never realized there were so many bloggers and press in Poland alone. I said 100 press turned up. These aren't people you know, like, uh, you know, no pun included, Dice Tower, Rado, shut up and sit down, whatever. This is people I've never even heard of that are unique to Poland. They got a lot of bloggers there. <laughs> it was like I never thought I'd see that many. But, you know, didn't recognize a single one of them. And certainly they wouldn't have recognized me by any shot. But... 
it was it was an enjoyable experience. I got to hang out with the Portal crew and see what they were like as a team and celebrate the fact that 20 years is one good achievement. Yeah, you know, the video montage had uh, designers saying, you know, like uh, Stephen Bonacore and uh, um, Bruno Cafala and Bruno Faduti and all that lot, and Antoine Bolza coming out on like live little videos and saying, you know, happy birthday, well done, and all that. And I got to admit, I agree. 20 years, that's an achievement. And I, and Portal is a really cool publisher. I mean, you can tell that a lot of passion goes into their games. And I don't like every single Portal game. I'm okay with Nurishima Hex and Monolith Arena. It's not my favorite game in the world, but I think I like it for what it is. I love Robinson Crusoe. I love First Martians. I love Detective. I, you know, um, I love Imperial Settlers. Not as big of a fan of 51st State. Prefer Imperial Settlers, but, you know, that's... You know, just one of those things. And some of the older stuff, like the classic Portal stuff, like years and years ago, wasn't much up to cop at that point. But, you know, they generally do some pretty enjoyable games, and they're also big on theme. They like to make theme a really important part of their games. So, you know, i got to give props to them. 20 years, well done. The team, like a closely-knit family, great people to hang out with. I would love to see you guys again at UK Games Expo and Essen. I'll be at them. I hope that you lot will be too, because if you're listening, because it was just so much enjoyment to hang out with you lot and just see what Portal was all about from the inside. It was very, it sort of opened my mind a bit. It was very inspiring, and I think other publishers could take a lot of inspiration for how this team works and how they treat you know, their customers, as well as, you know, what passion they put into their games. It was very inspiring. So thank you, Ignacity, for the invite. Thanks, you know, thanks to your lovely wife, Marie, for picking me up from the airport and just being very supportive. And just thank you, Portal. It was a good time. I I enjoyed my little break there. It got me to see Poland, you know, and, and I was happy for that as well. So 20 years. Well done, guys. Here's, here's to another 20 from you. <laughs> if I'm playing games for 20 more years, we'll see. But, yeah, like I say, very enjoyable. So, that's how I'm going to wrap this up now. You know, Season 3, Episode 1 of the podcast. Hopefully you guys have found the audio to be fairly clean and crisp. If not, give me some feedback. Let me know on Twitter and Facebook. You know, And if you like what you hear, then subscribe to me on soundcloud.com. That is where you will find the podcast. If you want to also subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Broken Meeple, then please do. You'll find lots of videos there as well as the audio-only file for the podcast as well. It's going up on both formats, so not just sound cloud rs feed but also the youtube channel as an audio only video in the sense if that makes sense oh well that's it so i'm gonna wrap up here take care and remember as always it's only a game thank you all for listening to my content and i hope it was enjoyable for you if you want to catch me at other sources then there's plenty to choose from facebook twitter instagram and youtube you can find me at all of these places. Just search for The Broken Meeple on Facebook and you will find me. Same for Instagram. On Twitter, you can catch me at The Broken Meeple. On YouTube, just search for The Broken Meeple and you will find my channel full of videos about top tens, reviews, solo walkthroughs, and all sorts of other things besides. Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast via the RSS feed on soundcloud.com. This is where episodes will be posted in the future as well as audio-only feeds on YouTube. The Broken Meeple is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. As always, remember my motto, it's only a game.
If you are from the UK and close to the South, you can catch me at various places like Board in the City in Southampton, as well as Dice Portsmouth, two great board game cafe venues that you can go to to enjoy games and meet new people. You can also catch me at a local convention like the UK Games Expo, StabCon South, Essen, and various other ones besides. Here's hoping one day I might be able to get to America.